It is your girl, Emma, here for Zillennial Big Sis. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if it's your first time. If it's your first time or if you haven't done it yet, check me out on Instagram at Zillennial Big Sis. It'll be linked in the description for really fun updates and things like that so you can get to know me a little better as well. Just give me a follow and a download and also a five-star rating on Apple Music if you can do that. But it is so great to have you guys back today podcast episode is super weird because New Year's Eve is coming this week and I cannot believe I cannot believe that New Year's Eve is already here this year was simultaneously the slowest and longest year of my life and I think the slowest and longest year of most people's lives I think that this year has been very different than anyone anticipated it to be has you know thrown a lot of wrenches and curveballs into everyone's plans but I think like even though this year has been shit undeniably it's like fucked us all in the ass a few times I think it's really important to like look back and think of the lessons that you've learned and I know that's like so like camp counselor me to be like what were the lessons that you learned but I think it's so so interesting to like look back on each month and to be like what did I learn this month like what was my takeaway because let's be honest I think like Sometimes during the hardest times, you learn like the biggest lessons. And I know that sounds cliche as hell, but this week's episode, wow, I'm already like having problems speaking. <laughs> so, this week's episode, I'm going to be going month by month about what lessons I learned in 2020. And, you know, these are things I want to take into 2021 because let's be completely honest. Let's be completely honest. If we don't learn something from this year and we don't change something this year, then we've got to then we've got to really really reevaluate what we did this year and what we took from it so let's get started into today's episode did in january as it always does as it does every year and this last new year's i spent with friends in my college town being a college senior second semester about to like kill this place Little did I know what was to come. But the biggest lesson that I took from that month is to obviously with precaution for COVID for where we are now, but when we're over this, because I believe that someday we will be, when we are, say yes. Say yes to doing fun things and say yes to those late night hangouts. Say yes to going to the bars, even though you might have an exam. But like, say yes to doing things like that. I think so many times in my life I've been like, oh, I'm too tired or I'm blah, blah, blah. Like it's very different if you need time for your mental health or like that's something that you need, then yes, take that time. But if you don't need that time to recharge, come on, just do something, especially while we're young. Like everyone always says, adults always are like, oh, when I was young, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have gone to this place or I wish I would have, you know, followed this career path. Like say yes to doing something a little scary and say yes to doing something that is going to be exciting and that's going to be fun because let's be completely honest, like life is so short. And I think that's one of the lessons that I did learn this year. I mean, I always knew it, but like your youth is so short and you only have so much time to, you know, have that fun, have that like experience, like go out and do it. As long as you're not sacrificing anything in the long term to have fun, just say yes. So many of my college memories I had for my last semester were literally from January because in January, we didn't know what was going on. It COVID wasn't here. Like it didn't change how we acted. 
And I was so ready to just like hang out with the people that I loved, whether it was going to a bar or just sitting in and watching The Bachelor, like just say yes to doing things and say yes for new experiences because it's so important to do that. I really didn't realize the importance of it until it was like abruptly taken away from me. There were so many things I wish I would have done or I wish I would have said yes to throughout my college careers. Like my last spring break, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go on spring break because I think it'll be better for my financial situation. Girl, if you would have just worked a few extra hours at work, you would have been fine at spring break. And that was my last chance to like hang out with these people. And I didn't even know it. So just say yes and just do it. Then we get into February. And my biggest takeaway in February was to conquer your goals, it takes determination. So in February, I was running my first 5K. And I know some people are going to be listening to this and being like, Emma, it's literally a 5K. I could do that like every single day. I have and never have been a long distance runner. Like I have never been a long distance runner. I've never been good at running. I've never had like runner's moment or runner's zone. Like everyone always talks about, oh my gosh, I love to run because I get in the zone. Like, no, I've never had that. And I ran the slowest miles ever, like all of this. I had a goal and my goal was I'm going to run and I'm going to finish this 5K because I've never done something like this in my life. I've never like challenged myself in that area. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to freaking do it. And you know what? It was hard. I was training in the middle of the winter in Indiana and I hate running on tracks. So I would run outside and I would run in this cold and I would run in the ice and I was slow and I had no, no determination some days, but I realized to get to my goal of running that 5k, I had to keep going. And literally every single time I got up and I ran and I was like, okay, my goal is to run this amount of distance or cut this amount of time. It was so fulfilling because I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. And you know, some days were not good and some days were better, but like to conquer a goal, it takes a lot of determination. It takes you getting up and waking up and saying, you know what? I'm going to do this today. I am going to, you know, push past my tiredness and push past my I don't want to. And I'm going to do this. And let me tell you something. I acted like I ran a fucking marathon. When I ran this 5K, I took pictures at the end. I was so excited. I kept my little penny or whatever it's called, like your little um, thing that says your name on it. Like I did the whole thing. Did I finish last in my family and I was the only one who trained? Yes. Did I have a a fast time? No, but it was all about conquering my goal of saying, I want to run this 5k and I want to finish this 5k. So I conquered my goal and that's all that mattered. And I was so excited and it took so much determination to get there, but it was so worth it in the end. When we get into March, this is the month of that literally everything changed. I was sitting in a Fazoli's of all places. How do you like, where do you want to be when you find out that like your college career is over? Like you are sprung into adulthood and there's a pandemic and you're going in lockdown. Like, where do you want to be? You want to be in a Fazoli's. <laughs> like, you want to be in a Fazoli's with two of your friends eating those unlimited breadsticks and their cheap pasta. I was literally sitting in a Fazoli's when I found out college was over. I would not be in person again. It was so crazy. It was such a surreal moment. But right when I went home, I went into quarantine. You know, I was stayed at school for long enough, but I went into quarantine and I spent my beginning parts of quarantine in March. And what I learned from quarantine is you need to find what fuels you in life. You need to find what gives you that energy to keep going every single day and what energizes you. 
What I found in March is, I mean, I've always known it, but I never realized to this extent, I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm so fueled by social interaction. I'm fueled by literally sitting in a room with another human being and meeting new people and talking to people and having relationships with people. And you know what? For some introverts, people said quarantine was a breeze. They were like, oh, I loved it. I got my alone time. All this. No, I cried every day. Literally every day. If I didn't cry at least once, it was a miracle. And if I cried more than once, it was not an anomaly. But like, I didn't realize how much I actually needed other people. And I needed that interaction for me. Like, I could FaceTime and I could Zoom people as much as I wanted, but it just didn't fuel me. And that social interaction is what keeps me going every single day. I mean, yes, I need alone time, but like quarantine was too much alone time. And yes, I had my family, but it was the same group of people. Like I need new people, exciting interactions and like people to talk to. That's what fuels me. And that's what I took for March. March was a surreal time and it was a time where I was like, what world are we living in? It was very scary. It was very different. And even going to the grocery store, I got excited to go to the grocery store and to sit there and potentially see other people, even though we had to be far apart, even though no one was talking, I realized how much I need other people. I need that social interaction in my life. Like if you put me on a dis like a deserted island or in like solitary confinement, oh my gosh, I wouldn't last a day. And that's what I realized in quarantine. So when you find what fuels you, whether it's, you know, a passion like art or music or it's alone time or, you know, maybe it's a sport or athletic events, like finding what fuels you helps so much because then when you can't have that, you get to start to understand what it does and you can start to try to adjust your life on how to get that a little bit more. So that's what I learned in the month of March. So we get to the month of April. And April was a hard month for me. It was so hard because it was going to be my senior year. We're still in quarantine at this point in Indiana. It's going to be my senior year. Final, final thing in my sorority, like senior work week was supposed to be in April. My birthday, April 17th, turning 22, I was so excited because on that day, we were going to have senior wills, baby, for four years. I was so excited because my birthday was going to fall on senior wills, the time where all the girls from my pledge class roll up together. And you know what? We get shammered and we tell funny stories and we give out things from our past and all of this. And I was so excited. And the next day is formal. And the day after that is senior tea. And there were so many things I was looking forward to. So April was really sad for me. It was a really, really hard month for me because I was so excited to do these things. I spent four years boosting th these things up. But what I realized in April is I need to look for the small things. So on my birthday, what was going to be senior wills? Yeah, we did that virtually. But what made a difference? All of a sudden on my birthday, I see this car roll up and two of my friends wearing masks, of course, they were both like, they both are in each other's like area, roll up and they toss me a bag. They toss me this white claw that they're like, chug, chug. I mean, obviously I can't chug. Just like my friends drive 40 minutes to see me. We can't touch. We can't talk for long. Like, but they drove 40 minutes to give me a white claw and a like brownie mix and some stuff. And I was like, this is seriously the nicest thing ever. I got to see my people. It was a small gesture that like went a long way. And then after senior wills, you know, even though it's virtual, I'm sitting in my room alone drinking a bottle of wine. 
I get out of my room and I'm like laying on the couch. And my little sister goes, hey, come up here. Like, I want you to see this on my computer or whatever. Like, I need you to do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to sit here. I was kind of wallowing in self-pity. But she said, no, I'm like, you need to come up here now. And I get upstairs and my little sister and my little and my sorority and my G little had organized a little birthday thing for me. They had got tons of my friends on this Zoom call. And even though like, again, it was like kind of weird because Zoom calls are awkward. Like the fact that those people thought to do a birthday Zoom, literally just sitting and looking at people that I cared about on the computer and talking to them on my birthday and on a day that I was so excited for. It was a small thing, but it made such a difference. And I think like the thing about April is it taught me that things may not go your way and things may not be what you expected. They may not not be how you planned or how you intended things. But if you look for the small things and you appreciate the small things, it's going to seem so much better in, in like in life because when you look for those little things, you start to see how many awesome little things are happening. Even among such, such terrible things, like you can see that some things that were awesome. May, the fifth month of the year. Did we think quarantine would be over? Yes. Was it in the beginning? No. May, it was a tough month, but You know what I realized in May? You got to be thankful for your service people. I know this may seem like like it's a simple thing. It may be like, no shit, Emma. Be thankful for your service people. But I'm not talking about service people as in military people or like police officers. Like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the people who bag your groceries, the people who stock your shelves, the postmen and postwomen that literally bust their asses to get us our mail and our online orders from Amazon because we're so bored and we're ordering 10 puzzles a week. Like, I'm talking about those people. I mean, my whole life I've always, like, really worked to be thankful for, you know, waiters and people at restaurants, but I never thought about grocery workers. I never thought about mailmen or, you know, people who work at FedEx. Like, I didn't think about that. But I realized in May, those people are like the backbone of what we have in America. Those are the people that if they decide they're not going to come to work, then you know what? We're screwed. That person who is working that cashier line in the grocery store is so much more important than just scanning your groceries. They are so important. And I think it's really, really important to take that lesson with us throughout this. People treat service people like shit. People treat them like they're below them or like they are required to do things for them because of their their post. No, they, they work so hard and they get treated like shit constantly. So you know what I'm taking from this month? What I'm taking from May is you got to be thankful for those people. Give them a smile. If you can give them a tip, give them something nice. Like don't be an asshole. If they're, if your order was messed up, you know, I, yeah, some service people are shitty, but you're probably a little shitty sometimes too. So handle people with grace and be kind to your service people because they are so damn important. And that's what I learned from May. Okay. I didn't realize how passionate about that I was. I'm listening back on that and I sound very intense, but seriously, be kind to your service people always and forever. So now we get into June and in June, I learned that self-care was super important. And I'm not just talking about mental or physical. I'm talking about the whole thing, self-care as a whole overarching issue, because 
your body, your mind, and your heart is going to be with you from the day you're born to the day you die. Like, you're going to be with yourself forever. You're the one person you cannot break up with. You're the one person you cannot get time alone from. So self-care is so important. And the reason I've figured that out in June is because what I thought I was doing for self-care was really doing the opposite for me. It was very degrading and it was very like detrimental to my mental health. And I didn't realize that until I had a little bit of time. I talk about it more in my body positivity episode. I was working out a lot in June. You know, I was trying to get fit, do all this stuff, but I was like glued to the scale. Like literally I would look at my, I would weigh myself like three times a day. That is not healthy. So I realized I need to care for myself in June after a big wake up call. And you can hear that whole story on the episode about body positivity. Like I realized like self-care is so important and if that for you is going to the gym and working out, amazing. If that for you is doing a face mask and reading a book, amazing. If that for you is going to get your nails done, perfect. Finding ways to care for yourself and finding ways to, you know, keep up your self-esteem and your self-like worth, that is so important. It is something that I think, even though people say it again and again, is an undervalued skill, very important. Now we're getting to July, baby. It's a halfway point of the year, or I guess we're over the hump of the year. The fact that we got to July was a shock to us all. It, it, it was just wild. So in July, I started my job. I started my job working bridal, and that taught me a lot. And the biggest takeaway that I, that I took from July was, even if it wasn't what you had planned, be open to an opportunity. I can't lie. Did I ever think I would be a bridal consultant? No. Maybe when I watched Ace of the Dress all the time in middle school, but like, no, I didn't think this is what I was going to be doing. I didn't think that this is where my path would lead me. And I can't lie. I put in application after application for agencies and media places and, you know, comm jobs and PR jobs, but it wasn't what I was hiring. Like no one needed another comm person on their team at the time. And if they did, there were people who were out of work and had master's degrees in it that were applying at the same time as me. But it was seriously the greatest gift to have this bridal job. In this job, I've learned really good sales techniques. I love what I do. I'm excited to go to work. And even though it's hard, it's really fulfilling. And if I wasn't open to that opportunity, because I was like, that's not what I had planned for my life, I'd be missing out on so much. I would be missing out on all those lessons and all those good times and fun stories. And I could still be unemployed today. I could be working out like lows for Pete's sake. And that's not bad by any means. That's not a bad thing. But it would be because my pride was too much. So I learned that it's okay if it's not what you envisioned. Because you never know. Maybe it's exactly where you need to be in that moment. So even if it's not what you had planned, be open to the opportunity. That's what I learned in July. The month of August was hard for me for a few reasons. So I just started getting into my new job. I was really enjoying it. And it was hard because I have a lot of friends who are younger than me. I have a lot of friends who are still in college. And I saw them all go back to Muncie. I saw them all go back to our school and I saw them together. And what I learned in August is that moving on can be hard. It was really hard for me. I can't lie. When I saw all of my favorite people in one place again, and I realized 
I wasn't going to be a part of those late night chats. I wasn't going to be going on the late night drives to Culver's. I wasn't going to be going to the library and studying with them. And as I say, study with them because I was just a project based major. I mean, watching Netflix while they studied, like I wasn't going to be doing those things. It was hard because when I was diving into adulthood, they were still living in college. And yes, am I glad I have a job 100%, roof over my head 100%. Am I glad I didn't spend my senior year with all these restrictions? 100%. Like I got one good semester, but like it was hard. Moving forward and moving on was hard because I wasn't having that typical post-college life. I wasn't having the, oh, you're adult you're an adult, you start your job in June and you know, you work and you live in the apartment and you do all these things and you go out to the bars with people. Like I wasn't doing that. I was going to work and going home, but even though moving on was hard, I found different things that I love to do. I found people that were in similar situations to me. I found people who, you know, had graduated too. And I hung out with them and you know, they told me, even though this is different for adult life, it's still life. And I think like, it's important to remember that you have to respect your feelings and it's hard when you move on from a chapter in your life that you were so attached to, like, that's going to be difficult and it's okay to have those feelings, but just know that it's natural and it's part of life. If we all did the same thing for our whole lives and never moved forward or moved on from something, I mean, our lives would be pretty boring by the end, but that's what I learned in August. Like moving on can be hard, but be graceful with yourself and love yourself regardless because it's okay to have those hard feelings. In September, I learned, I learned like a very hard lesson. And that was like, youth doesn't mean that you are unstoppable and that you're invincible. I learned this in two very different ways. So I started the month of September. I found out I had COVID. I am 100% the one to blame for me getting COVID. It wasn't like a, oh my gosh, I got it in a... No, I, I fucked up. I I got it on the last day of August. I know exactly how I got it. I got it by being stupid. And I think that it, it was very hard because, because I sat there and I was like, how dumb are you that you've had months of knowing about this about this serious illness and then you're going to make this mistake now. My getting COVID just didn't affect me. My mom had to like miss work. I missed work. It affected my job. Like it was stupid. I was knocked down. I thought I would be above this and it would be different, but it wasn't and I messed up. Right after I got recovered from COVID, I heard terrible news, like absolutely the worst news ever that taught me the second part of my lesson. The most beautiful soul ever, um, a woman in my sorority who is in my pledge class, passed away in a tragic accident. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we were the best of friends in the world and I knew her deepest, darkest secrets. But I can tell you that the time that we did spend together in the four years that we shared our chapter together and, you know, whether it was Air Jam our senior year where she choreographed and just having a good time or seeing her at recruitment practices or just running into her on the street, like she was the definition of someone who is living life to the fullest. She was so intelligent in nursing school and just like living life so well. She was being herself, had a beautiful, amazing like friend group, like the most supportive friend group I've ever seen in my life. 
and a beautiful girlfriend. Like her passing was just so sudden and no one could have foreseen what happened. And like no one could have predicted that or nor like necessarily even like prevented it. And I think what's so hard is like she was the definition of like someone who's so lively to me. She just seemed like always the person who had a smile on her face and was just lightening up, like lighting up the room. And I think like the realization that you have to come to that youth doesn't mean that we're going to last forever and live forever. And we're going to lose people in our lives and we're going to lose people to things that is just so unfair and just so like, doesn't make sense and does not follow the pattern of how life should be. That was a big part of this lesson too, we're not invincible. I wish being young was like this safety net that, you know, if you're young, you're, you're guaranteed to live till you're 102 and all of this, but that's just not the case. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. When you realize, like when you have to, when you're reminded of that in such a terrible way, but I know for a fact, 100% that her legacy will live on so long her, her group of friends and her beautiful girlfriend, like they will think of her and care for her. And I will think of her and, and think and like tell stories of her and just hope that, you know, her legacy lives on forever because she deserves to be remembered and she deserves to be held into the highest regard. And I'm like, it's very hard because I wish we were invincible And I wish that we could prevent anything from happening, but we just can't. Life keeps happening and the world keeps spinning and it's going to be fucking hard sometimes and it's going to be unfair and the world is going to suck. It's going to fucking suck. But that's just how it is. And if you try to fight it and try to prevent things, you're going to live life in fear as opposed to living life. And I don't know. I, I I really don't know about this. I wish it was different, obviously. But I also, I also don't want to speak out of turn on this subject. So, I don't know. That was, that was September. That was the lesson. The biggest lesson of September. So, in October, you know, my takeaway was go on that date and get Bumble Premium. Baby, let's talk about it. You may be sitting here thinking, Emma, that's desperate as fuck to get on Bumble Premium. And you know why I did it? One, because the matches on Hinge just aren't the vibe. The matches on Tinder aren't the vibe. But you know why I did it? It's because when I swipe, I will say no. I will like swipe against people who I think would potentially not swipe yes on me. Why? Why? That doesn't make sense. So you know what I did to break this? I said, I'm just going to buy fucking Bumble Premium. I'm going to see who liked me. And you know what? Golly gee. A lot of people that I would have been like, oh, too cute. He wouldn't swipe on me. He wouldn't swipe on me. I don't think he would like think a lot of those people swiped on me. And whether it was like they were literally just doing like Bumble Roulette, I think it's so important to just do it. Just see who's out there. And if that means you have to get Bumble Premium so you can see who's liking you, so you can really understand Oh, then just do it. What's the worst thing that you're going to lose from going on a bad date? Time? Maybe like you're going to lose like some pride because they were such an asshole? Maybe. Maybe. But you know what? 
go on that date, get that free meal, get that Bumble premium, and get out there. Obviously, with COVID safety, of course. But there is no shame in the game. So many of my brides meet on dating apps, and we got to do what we got to do in this quarantine society. So that's what I took from my month of October. But then we get to November, and November's a little different because November's the election month. And it's super weird because this year was very different. This year was an anomaly, hopefully, with how the elections went. So my first two elections I could vote for were for Hillary and Trump or Trump and Biden. And it was really weird because each one of them was bizarre. Like, it was the difference of, I don't think I can be friends with you. Because it wasn't the difference of, oh, so-and-so has just like a few different policies. Like they're both going to be fine. Like it was, in my opinion, very one or the other. Like it was a black or white issue. Like you had a very strong opinion one way or very strong opinion the other way. But I realized in November, it is a privilege to ignore injustice. This whole year, we've been seeing so many different things. I mean, protests for Black Lives Matter that really started and were ignited with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And it's so sad because there are so many others this year who have been like brutally killed. And there are so many others that we don't even know their names. You can't even remember them at this point. When it comes to health care, the fact that some people can't even afford to have like proper health care because maybe they were laid off. The fact that people were losing their jobs left and right. And then some people had so much money that they were unaffected by this pandemic. Like they were thriving through it. Like the Jeff Bezos of the world. It is a privilege to ignore injustices. If you can sit there and say, I'm not affected by, you know, X, Y, or Z, or that doesn't affect me, or that doesn't change my life, so I don't care. You are privileged, point blank, period. Like, you are privileged. If you can sit in a position where you tell someone, you know, it's not going to hurt me. Either person who wins, it's not going to affect me. If you can say that and you don't see the problem there, you don't see the fact that you're not taking in consideration other humans' lives because it doesn't affect yours. You have privilege. So many people have been running from, oh, no, I'm not privileged, or my life isn't easy because I'm not privileged. It's been easier because of your privileges. It's, it's literally, if you're white, you have privilege. If you're a man, you have privilege. If you are rich, you have privilege. If you are pretty, you have privilege. Like, there's no way around it. And whether you think that you are doing everything under your power, everything under your belt, like anything that you can think of to, you know, try to change the way that the world works, or if you're on the opposite side and you're like, well, it's not my fault I have privilege. My life has been hard. You know what? Baby, privilege doesn't doesn't make your life easy. Privilege makes it easier. I had to check my privilege so much this year. Yeah, it sucked that I graduated college during a pandemic and I couldn't find work until July, but I found work. I was living in my parents' house and I still am and they support me and they love me and I have a warm, 
warm bed to lay in at night. I have food on my table and I realize that my life is easier than some other people's because I have these privileges. And I know some people are like, well, I'm at a loss of what to do because I have these privileges, but I don't know what to do with them. It is time to elevate voices of people who don't have those privileges, who don't have those benefits in life. You know, elevate them, shop at black owned businesses, support like queer youth, you know, do anything that you can to support other people. When you see injustices, speak out and say, hey, that's not okay. That is not something that you should do and you should treat people differently. It is a privilege to ignore injustice. It is a privilege to be able to sit there and say that does not affect me. And that was abundantly clear in November. When this election came along, you know how many people I saw posting that stupid thing that said, we're still going to be neighbors. Joe Biden's not going to get your groceries. And Trump isn't going to do this. Baby, it's not about groceries or neighbors. It's about support and human rights. But the thing is, because this doesn't affect you, you don't care. That is messed up. And I think it's very important that we check our privilege. And I check my privilege every single day. Because if you don't do that, you are going to be living in a, a severely tainted universe. You're going to be living a life that is, is just on a different hemisphere, a different stratosphere than what other people are living. That is not to say that you can't have success or you can't do good things or go for things that you want. But if you're going for things and doing these things at the expense of others, then check yourself. And that's what I've been trying to do. And November made that abundantly clear. This whole year, every single day, I realized how much privilege I had. How much privilege I had. But it is a privilege to ignore injustices. That is something to not take lightly. That is something to take to heart and something to take with you every single day. Think about that. So we're in December, the home stretch of the year. We're just, at this point, people are tired. At this point, the holidays were different and they were weird. But the biggest lesson that I took away from this month is it doesn't matter what big life events you have. I think like big life events are great, but they're only just as good as the people that you share them with. I mean, I was so, so blessed to have a beautiful Christmas this year, spend time with my mom and my dad and my younger sister, even though my older sister couldn't make it. As I'm sitting on a Zoom call and looking at my grandparents who I hadn't seen in a whole year because of all of this, because grandma having cancer makes it super susceptible and grandpa having diabetes makes him at a very high risk as well. Like it was different. It didn't feel as joyous. It didn't feel as exciting. And it made me realize that all of these big events that I had planned for this year, all of these things that I had, like, it made me realize that at the core of it, the people that you're with are the most important. And I can't lie, last year at the holidays, I was in a shitty ass mood. I was, uh, I was in a mood the whole holiday season. But at the end of the day, whether it's your family biologically or your chosen family or your friends or your coworkers, whoever it is in your life, Appreciate those moments. And I hope that this year, that this year reminded you how important they are. It may make you a little bit more tolerant to being told to stop talking so much by your cousin or by the annoyance of being the single one at the table and everyone just talking about their significant other. Like, 
it may make you think a little differently. And that is the lesson that I took from December. For listening to this year's little recap ado with me, I learned a lot of lessons this year and I want to know what you learned this year. So when I post on the Instagram, go, go give it a follow and comment the biggest lesson that you learned this year. Because let's be completely honest, this year sucked in a lot of ways. But even though it sucked, I feel like it was a year of growth. And it was a year, it was a year that is definitely going to change us forever, whether we want to admit it or not. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Zillennial Big Sis Podcast. My name is Emma and happy, happy fucking new year. Please be safe, be smart, and I will see you in 2021.